Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Private Wealth Team at Safford Champlis. My name is Leonora Stevens and I'm a director in the Private Wealth Team based in Bristol. I'm delighted to be joined today virtually by Mike Hodges, who is the Head of Private Wealth at Safford's, based in our Manchester office. Hi, Mike. Hi, Leo. How are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. How are you? Very well indeed, very well. Looking forward to what I'm going to say on this and listening to what you're going to say. It's going to be good. (laughs) I will let the audience know what we will be discussing. Um, What we'll be talking about is family investment companies, or more commonly known as FIX. Um, We'll sort of cover off what they are briefly, why our clients are using them, and we'll also touch on some of of the more common misunderstandings about them. I thought I'd just start by saying, by discussing why are we talking about family investment companies today? They're always a really hot topic of discussion, whether we're talking to clients or intermediaries. And so I thought as a quick summary, I'll just cover off actually what is a FIC. A FIC is, sim- is just simply a company and it's used by families as a vehicle to hold their wealth as an alternative to trust. Where with some families, that intention is to pass on some of the value to the next generation in a tax efficient way. As I've said earlier, a FIC is just a simple company. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Absolutely right. So we're in familiar territory, which is always a good starting point. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and there's there's sort of not only is it a simple company, there's you know, it's people using it as an alternative to trust, and you know, with the intention that the family wealth and value is then passed down the next generation by the FIC instead of a trust in in a tax efficient structure. Um, And looking at structures, it can be set up really simply or depending on the client's um, requirements, it can be a lot more complicated. You can have different classes of shares. um, You can have things called growth shares or freezer shares. And equally, it can be set up using a loan. So, for example, you know, a typical example would be a client who sold their business uh, to say, let's just say they had five million of cash in the bank and they set up a FIC whereby they loaned the money in to set it up. And then they can draw down on that loan tax-free going forward and the pot can grow in a really tax-efficient way within that structure. Um, and also a- another great thing about a FIC is that it- it's subject to tax corporation tax rates, which is 19% now, but going up to 25%. If, for example, that 5 million that we just discussed was invested in a portfolio, the dividends, or most dividends are tax-free within a FIC. And then you have the tax, the, the tax next step would be a dividend taxation on the individual shareholders. A lot of your clients, I, I see, are also looking at fakes. What would you say are sort of the couple of pitfalls of, of planning that you've experienced? I think there are a couple. What One is to keep it as simple as possible, because having said that people are comfortable generally with the concept of, of a company, a FIC is very much bespoke for every situation, but you don't want to get it so complicated that the client loses touch with what they're doing. So I mentioned to you the other day when we were talking about this, a client who had set up a FIC with a loan and they had got the impression that that loan had passed out of their estate. It had not. So in other words, as they were lending cash into their FIC, they were just swapping one asset, the cash, for the loan. So the loan was still in their estate. But it's those sort of basic building blocks that I guess not to overlook and make sure that people are comfortable and familiar. And the more straightforward you can keep it, the better in those circumstances. And I think the other thing I would say is it's a great starting point for a discussion within the family about what they want to do, but do have that open discussion. I clearly remember talking to a chap a few years ago who had got 
shares that he was holding as nominee for his daughters, who by that point were in their 40s. And he, he said they know nothing about this. And I thought that was, from my point of view, strange because they'd been through the pinch points in terms of cash in there, raising their families, buying houses. That didn't seem to be a healthy place to be. And I said to him, at what point are you going to, to raise that? Are you going to tell them? And he hadn't thought that through clearly. That doesn't seem to me to be a, a good starting point. And that's that's where I guess we're advising our clients. And, and based on our experience, we'd say, look, or I would say to clients, keep it open, tell everyone what's going on, because it's important that not just typically the, the family investment company is set up by parents, not just the parents understand, but the children understand mm-hmm. what's going on. So there are no no hidden surprises for anyone there, because it's, it's planning with your eyes open for everyone. Completely. I, I suppose it's being aware of all all the options available to you. Because, I mean, I've had quite a few clients who've been asking about FIC and trusts. Are you seeing a tendency for people to be choosing the FIC over a trust or people are using both options because whereby you can have the FIC as a shareholder? Yes. No, I was going to say exactly that, that probably there's, there's more of a, a leaning towards FIC. But, yeah, quite powerful when you're saying we want we want the combination of individual and trust to shareholders in the FIC. I guess the key distinction, when when you're comparing trust or FIC, the thing they have in common is control. You're really comparing and contrasting an absolute gift. I've got the the five million pounds that you were talking about a moment ago. Do I simply give that away? No strings attached, do I give that? Or if I put it in this kind of structure, whether it's a trust or more commonly a FIC, that's giving a level of control. And and just for a minute delving into it, company level you could say right the shareholders could be whoever we want within the family group again individuals or trusts but control is with the board of directors so you might commonly see shareholdings spread amongst the children and mum and dad possibly with professional advisors as directors so that's where the control comes in so it's control against ownership of the value of the asset exactly when when considering setting it up what would you say are the sort of the top tips for for a client to consider or to keep in mind? I think it's it's the whole long term planning because that's the key thing I'd say to them. This isn't just something that you think about, you do, and it's it's done. It's something that you and the family are going to live with for a long time. So it has to have flexibility in it. It can't be in in a fixed state, not a fixed state, because <laughs> otherwise life will change, tax rules will change, family members will change, fallout divorce, marry, whatever. So you need to have flexibility into your structure. And you'll you'll need, therefore, to have, to have thought through quite clearly what your objectives are. And I think that's the biggest challenge, is the majority of people are not so clear in terms of where they, they see the next year or two years, let alone the next five or 10 years. So it's getting a clear plan. And this is part of the planning that probably comes out of those sort of strategic family discussions. I think also when you're sort of talking about people's longer term objectives, when setting up a FIC, what's really important um, is not just to get your sort of a commercial lawyer involved, is to also get a trust lawyer involved, because they have the understanding of the control aspects, whether it be through the, the FIC or through the trust, but they're able to incorporate that. And it's really important at the start to make sure that your sort of articles are drafted accordingly so that 
the right people can benefit and you achieve your objectives further down the line and it enables you to have that flexibility that you will need. Absolutely right. Because I think, not that I would do down corporate lawyers because I do a lot of work with corporate lawyers, but but clearly in this context, you need a specialist who, who knows, understands trusts and the, and the private wealth planning issues that, that come from from this that that is absolutely critical and i suppose the other thing i'd say a key for me is that the structure incorporating the fic or just the fic serves more than one purpose i know you talked about and you're absolutely right that there's income tax saving to be gained just comparing income tax rates with corporation tax rates if you've planned just to get that benefit and the rules change to take that away, then you're left high and dry. So I say, look, if if your FIC is achieving two or three objectives, one may be that income tax saving. The second one might be passing assets down to the, the next generation, including possibly a trust for grandchildren, all those sorts of things. That's a much sounder foundation for your FIC than just saying, I've just heard that I can pay 19% corporation tax and not 45% income tax. I'll have one of those you've rushed into it. And I think there's therefore a risk that it doesn't work for you as a long-term planning vehicle. But also I think with, you know, it it may be great that you've got the the tax, well, not tax-free roll-up, but it's a lower rate within the company. But then if you are paying corporation tax rates and then the higher rates on dividend, it becomes quite a penal rate um, overall. So I think, as you say, it's it's got to meet various objectives. And I think it's not, this is not a five year fix. This is something that people have to go into with the mindset that this is going to be a long-term vehicle in which to pass wealth down to, yes. the, to the next generation. Yes, it, it is similar in that sense to the, the the family trust that you and I have seen so many times, which, which is an intergenerational vehicle. It's not something that's we'll have one of those this year and by, by next year it's it's been and gone. It, it absolutely isn't. So so it needs to needs to have, as I as I put it, solid foundations to make it valuable. There was one question I was going to ask you, Leo, because obviously we're talking about tax to a large extent as, as key to this. Have you seen much coming out of the revenue in relation to, to fix and fixed structuring? Well, um, yeah, a couple of points on that, actually. So, um, last year, we, we heard that the revenue had set up a specific team looking at fix. And we'd all thought that this was on the basis of sort of from the inheritance tax perspective and the passing um you know the passing the wealth down the generations um, and we actually came to light a, a couple of months ago actually that that the team was set up in April 2019 by the revenue to, to really understand why fix were being set up and to be able to assist taxpayers in complying with their tax obligations um, and they've actually now concluded their review of fix and it's it's sort of interesting that sort of they've come out with a few um, of the, sort of the characteristics that that they can see with uh, people setting up fix. For example, most fix are set up by men aged over fifty. That's and me in. The, yeah, the um, the, uh, the average asset is about is, is they're set up with about five million pounds. The share classes seem to be spanning across sort of two to three generations, uh, all within mm-hmm. the same family. But say they've. They've, they've commented that they are more popular than trusts, which is why they wanted to look at it. But it's yet to be seen whether they will introduce any legislation specifically looking at fix as a result of their review. But it's interesting that they've now so they've concluded that review and they, they've enhanced their understanding. 
But on, on another point with FIT that I've had a couple of inquiries in is to do with valuations. So mm. talking about our man before where he set it up with £5 million, the company value will have the £5 million of cash and then the £5 million owed to the shareholder. So one would assume that there's not very much value there for because it's nil that's netted off. Yeah. Um, where we had one client where he then gave some shares to his son and the revenue inquiring into the valuation used because he's used a very minimal valuation and they are looking into that. And then we've got another one where they've given shares to um, a nil rate band trust. And again, the revenue looking at the valuation used. So I think the key point is make sure you're happy with your valuations if you decide to make any gifts, whether it be outright gifts to your children or to a trust. That seems to be an area of interest for them at the moment. Yes, because it does, the whole setup and operation brings in the whole range of taxes, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, which is exactly. probably exciting for us, but perhaps not for the listeners to this um, this podcast. So we won't go into to all of those for the time being, but it, it's it's fruitful work for us. Oh, I think, I mean, Mike, I think you and I could probably talk about this probably for at least another hour, but we wouldn't want to we bore could, We could bore on, yeah. We exactly. did talk about whether we, whether we do a, a, a part two for those who really haven't heard enough which we'll 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 come back to indeed well, well thank you very much mike for joining me today which has uh, thought been a very interesting discussion if you'd like to find out more about fix then do head over to the safri channels website at www.safri.com um, where we have got a fact sheet um, explaining more about the technical ins and outs but finally it's important for me to stress that if you're considering setting up a family investment company you should always take professional advice based on your individual circumstances so thank you very much for listening <laughs>